Welcome back, friends and scoundrels, and thanks for watching. This is the Roll to Live, I guess, podcast. Well, for now, because we're having camera issues. And this is our podcast also. So this is going on podcasty things. So you can find us, find, find it on there. It's a great way to listen to us if you don't have the time to just sit at a computer and watch blank YouTube screen. <laughs> but yeah, this is our podcast uh, where we kind of talk about things a little bit. Today we are talking about character development. And I don't, we, we don't want to get too bogged down into the weeds of the mechanical side of things. It's not what we're talking about. Yeah, this isn't, you know, a walkthrough of how to do a character sheet and the mechanics behind it. This is the more, the more personality of it. Yeah, how to personalize your character for what you want to play and making something fun and enjoyable for yourself. To kick it off, though, we are going to talk a little bit mechanical or mechanics-wise, just so we get an idea where we're coming from, how we do things to decide what our characters are going to be. Well, it's not necessarily mechanic-wise. It's just our preferred method of how we create our character because this still doesn't have anything to do with mechanics. No, but we are talking a little bit mechanics while doing it, so just a, just a little bit. So the way I create a character, there's not a whole lot to it. I just, I decide what class I want to be, and it just, it kind of comes to me, and I build it around the class, and it comes to me kind of like a story, and I usually try to pick an uncommon race for the class I pick just to make it interesting so I'll do I'll pick my class and then the story and then uh, when I roll my stats I'll put them where they need to go based on the story I'm trying to tell for my character and when I am writing my character because we all fall into the trope trap occasionally in a little bit and to make sure I don't fall into the trope trap I pick one tropey thing for that class and make sure I do the opposite of it just just to make sure even if I am my character is a little tropey there's at least that one thing that isn't yeah like what you have some examples uh Leia my cleric clerics are usually devout and Leia just isn't it's something she's growing into. So she's not starting out, you know. There's an acolyte or something that's been raised her entire life on yes. being this priestly way. She just suddenly finds herself one. Kind of a condition of her being saved, yes. if you will, spared. And uh, Calliope, my rogue, uh, isn't... A treasure hunter or a thief actually uh, the only thing she wants from treasure is rings because she collects them but other than that she doesn't have to open everything and trying to hake everything she isn't this hoarder of treasure yeah. like trophy rogues are and she's not your pickpocket thief raised on the streets either she's a scout which I actually little off topic. I like that they added the the scout archetype so that you have this not normal thief option. 
I think I said Calliope. Calliope is my bard. Calypso is my rogue. Calypso is the rogue. But I Cal- thought so. <laughs> Calliope, my bard, um, doesn't have, you know, witty comments and sing songs and doesn't even carry an instrument. She's she draws inspirational doodles. Just just one little thing to make sure she isn't, at least in that area, a trope. So that I have one unique characteristic. I always find one unique characteristic for my character. Yeah. I build my character a couple of different ways. Only a couple of my characters have actually kind of gone through their traditional pattern. Like Pierce, the one that I run from your game, is my dragonborn ranger and I kind of just, alright, what a... I wanted to play a little bit different race, so I picked a dragonborn and then we needed something kind of tanky because we're that's the game we're playing with our children. But I decided to go ranger because it had some magics to it and I'm a little bit familiar playing a ranger because it was the first thing with 5e that I really did. So I built up a traditional character that way, thought of what I wanted to be, rolled it out, and put the stats where I wanted them to. And then this recent one, because we talked about, well, I just kind of decided that I wanted to be, at first, a furball Granger, and it was going to be connected to you, because we shifted around a whole bunch. We did. And then I changed it to a Goliath Ranger, and then from that I went into Sorcerer, because somebody else is going to be a Ranger. So, again, I rolled up my stats, and kind of used my other method a little bit. I shifted some of them around based on the racial traits, but the way I really like to make a character, and this goes for my pre-generated characters too, is I like to roll my stats out starting with strength, and I do them in order for the six, and then I dig through the book and I see based off of either which stat is the highest or the second highest, and I like to go second highest because it's building in that flaw a little bit. I will then pick my class off of that and then pick my race after that because that affects, well, I kind of pick them at the same time depending on how the stats line out based on what I want my racial traits to affect stat-wise. So if something's a little bit lower than I'd like, I'll pick a race that kind of gives that a bump. So you kind of don't know what you're playing until you have it. Yeah, speaking of flaws, I did forget that, that I always give my character a flaw. And that is important for my characters because I love playing characters with flaws. It makes it so much more fun and more interesting. Like with Leia and Calliope has kind of a similar flaw. Yes, uh, Leia's flaw is that she's got a lot of talk but nothing to back it up. And she's got this stubborn refusal to admit it. Well, and she's part of that too is that she's a little bit dumb. She is. Well, I don't know about not dumb. dumb. She's, she's very just... naive. She's not stupid. Yeah. She's just she's, she's naive because and... she's not worldly. So that is her flaw. Then from there, I look at the background, or I, I try to figure out. All right, what is this character and and. How did they get to this path? Why why are they doing whatever it is that they're doing? So I'm much better about doing this with pregens, probably because I don't have any actual vested interest in them, even though 
there's a couple that I'd really like to play. I, I try to keep it to things that are unusual too, that don't fit into the typical bubbles, just because it does come out, you know, try to make it a little bit more interesting. You know, it's, it's something that could be fun in role-playing situations or as a story element or whatever. So that's pretty much what I do. So now that you know kind of what we do for our characters, how we get into some of the weeds, we got some other ideas to kind of help. And this was, this whole episode was kind of inspired from our Session Zero last week for our Roll20 game that we're starting with Tomb of Annihilation that Matt's running. One of the other players is new to 5e. He's played other editions of Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games. But he's new to 5e and he would pipe up every now and again trying to find, you know, just trying to get some ideas. It reminded me of things that I think of when I'm building my characters. So here we are. So we thought of some questions that a person can ask themselves to try and help flesh out their character more. So when you're asking yourself, what stat should I put this in, or what background should I pick, or what skill should I have, these questions can help yeah. you. Because that was the real question that triggered it, was what skills should I take? And these are some questions that can help you figure that out. You could ask yourself, why is your character this class? What led them here? And some of that can tie into your background. And here's a little bit of the mechanics part. When he was asking about the skills, I gave him a couple of ideas, you know, like, because he's playing a paladin, so, you know, who's your deity that you're sworn to that, you know, that can influence some of those decisions. But specifically, but then I remembered, you know, one of the things that I do when building my character on the paper is I go to my background first because that gives you a couple of skills right off the bat that, depending on what you're doing, can overlap with your class. Let's just use the Paladin for the sake of it. If you take the Acolyte background, that gives you religion and history, I believe. I don't remember offhand, but that seems pretty accurate. Which are... Oftentimes choices for clerics and paladins. So you already have two choices narrowed out. And then you also have this, all right, well, I have this background. Why do I have that background? Which should be a good way for you to lead into why you're this class. Another resource that you have is Anathar's Guide to Everything. It has a bunch of tables in there, and one of them is why are you this class, pretty much. Yeah. And it gives you a bunch of... Or a table for each one. I, for, I, I didn't pay much attention to it because I'm not overly impressed with that part of the book. But it, it does have things for why is your background this? Why is your class this? So that's another good resource that you can use for some of these things. Or just search online. A lot of people have made their own role tables in that fashion. So another question we could ask ourselves is if, if your character is based on a fictional character already. Like, if you've seen a fictional character and you want to kind of base your character off of that. Like, if you watch Lord of the Rings, you thought Aragorn is really cool and you want to base it off of that. That's a way you can help you pick your stats and skills. But 
that's something you can do too. Just remember, you have to get this character to also fit in the world. And also remember too, don't pick your characters like Wolverine or Batman or any of these types that are the loner guy who's always going to want to run off and do his own thing because that can be distracting at the table and, and make things less enjoyable for the other players because you're trying to be a star. Just remember you're supposed to be working as a team and bringing enjoyment for everybody not just yourself which I suppose kind of brings us into our next one doesn't it? What's our next one? Uh, we just did fictional character. So what's your background? What's your background? Okay well I guess that one's down down the road a little ways. <laughs> it was a good segue too. This is kind of muddled and jumbled around. Maybe we should have organized it better, but this is what you're getting. So your character background, we've kind of already hit on that quite a bit, though. Yeah. Using that to build up, you know, why why are you an urchin? You know, what's the story there? So another thing, and this kind of goes into what I was talking about, you know, making sure that your character fits into the world and has a purpose for being there which can make things easier for the GM and the party and that's something that I'm facing in my campaign that I'm running with Leia and Frank is that they're both conscripted into service so other than finishing the immediate task they don't have any motivation to be there they don't have any desire to be there other than to serve their time and just go so that's something that I'm struggling with, and I didn't. It, it's just not something that I've obviously encountered yet because it's the first campaign that I'm really running. And that's something that I have to try to figure out how to fit in. Leia, I have a plan for, and I think it's a pretty decent one. But I think Frank's character, the character of Frank, is either going to have to decide to stick with the party. Or leave, and that player is going to have to roll up on your character. Yeah, well, I'm not putting up much of a fight anyway. Anytime I do it, I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, Because I'm an awful person. But you're playing the character, too. Because the character doesn't have any personal stake in being there other than serving their time. So, after we finish your chore, your mission that you're on... It, it is, you know, something that you as a player have to decide. Why would my character be here? And that can make things more difficult for the DM. And they've got plenty enough work, as I'm learning. So the next question that you could ask is, is what's your character's motive? What's their drive? What are their goals? And this is kind of what I was talking about there. Yeah, um, what are their goals and in life? I want to establish this a little bit different from goals. Because they can overlap. But motivation for me is like, why are you in the party? Why do you want to be here? Why would you want to stay with the party? So that's kind of what I was talking about with making things a little bit easier. So like Adias and Calypso, they're monster hunters in the Tomb of Annihilation game that Matt's running. And that's their motivation for being there. They want to go kill monsters. Here's where it kind of overlaps. Their goals are... Mine is to reclaim my honor for my tribe, or my clan. I forget what Goliaths are. Calypso, hers are, the reason she's doing this is because she's on a path of redemption because she's riddled with guilt 
because her sister was killed and she wasn't able to stop it. So that's your goal, but your goal also gives you a motivation for being in the party. So like, I've only gotten a couple of characters in, but um, an adventure that I'm writing, well, we're kind of writing, <laughs> which we hope to have rolling sometime in the next year, I have pre-generated characters for that, just because it's kind of a thing that you do with your adventures sometimes, I guess. But it's at least a starting point, or it's there to give some ideas. So the Rogue is one of the ones that I have done, and they a little bit tropey. Grew up a street urchin, befriended a tiefling, I think, in their young age, and their motivation to being with the group is to is just because it's companionship and they get food. Because even though they grew up in urchin, they didn't really get too much into actual thievery. It was mostly just stealing food or stealing small things or small coin to buy food or to sell to buy food. So kind of removing from a little bit from the trope on that, like uh, you do with your characters a lot. They're not proficient with these tools because, again, it's not something they really use a whole lot. They can use them. They know how to use them, but they're not, or they're not expertise in them because it's something most people take to optimize their character. Now, maybe down the road, once they've started doing it a little bit more, maybe they will, but I don't know. So that's what we're talking about with motivations and goals. So then you can get into, like, your more class-based questions that are specific for classes. For example, um, the cleric. Who is your deity? Because who your deity is uh, might affect the skills that you have or the background that you have and your proficiencies. Yeah, and that kind of plays with the first question, too, is why are you this thing? So, you know, rogue... Why did you become an assassin or how did you become an assassin? Was it something accidental or was it something that you just kind of got caught up in doing and now it's just something that you do and you're used to doing? What else could you do? Oh, fighter with and and getting to playing with your subclass too. You're not starting out at a level that has a subclass or you know, what what is your how are you getting to that subclass? What are you doing? But these questions and figuring these things out for your character, it doesn't just help you know where to put your stats when you're having difficulty with that, but it's something to, once you've got it figured out, makes it easier to play your character, to role play it. Because you've got these goals and background fully fleshed out so you can more immerse yourself in your character. More immerse yourself. And it makes, and it hopefully will make playing this character much more enjoyable. As we've talked, Matt, I don't think was real... Like, at first he was excited about playing this Kenku monk. He's just trying to be something a little bit different. But after a few sessions, he kind of ended up not liking this character, even though he had fleshed out pretty decently with this character. So, do, going through this process can kind of help you determine... If this is something that you, like a character that you actually want to play, or maybe you need to go in a completely different direction. You know, maybe you start out wanting to play a class and you decide that you don't 
really like the ideas, you know, some of the stuff behind that class. It's not as good as you initially thought it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I think we've kind of rambled our way through that pretty well. One of our better rambles, I think. Uh, we got some points. <laughs> we had some bullets in there. Um, anyways, thanks for listening, because you can't watch us right now. Like, comment, subscribe. Share it around. And until next time. Live to roll.